Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Hey, everybody. Before we start today's podcast, we want to let you know of an amazing opportunity. Since the start of our online ministry, we've been able to reach every U.S. state in over 80 countries. And as amazing as this is, we don't want you to feel like you are just a number, but that you are a member of this online community. And we want and need your help in shaping the future of what we do online. And one way you can do that is by looking at the show notes below and you can participate in a short survey so we can learn how to serve our online community, that's you, a little bit better. And there's also going to be a link to the newsletter to help you keep up to date on all things online ministry. Well, thanks for that. And now let's just chat with John Crosby. All right. (laughs) Well, John, thanks so much. We are two days after Easter. And I feel like I got hit by a truck. I don't know if you guys did too. He is risen. But Jess here and then our transitional pastor, He's risen. John I'm not Crosby. sure about us. <laughs> We're still crawling. We're, yeah. Um, yes. Well, before we get to Easter, I thought it'd be really fun to talk about uh, Monday, Thursday and Good Friday. We had two services, both at our Menlo Park campus, and I thought they were especially impactful. Were there anything that you guys thought that you especially liked or thought? or just importance for maybe those that might've missed it to go back and watch? Well, I, the one I went to and was so glad that I did was the Monday Thursday service. Yeah. And Mark saying at the very beginning, this was the first time in three years we've been able mm-hmm. to gather. Yeah. yeah. was just a powerful reinforcement of how there is something missing when we are not gathering together mm-hmm. to prepare for the risen Christ on Easter. Yeah. And for me, uh, the darkening of the room and the readings uh, were more memorable than I can remember them being mm-hmm. in several years. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a highlight for me. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's for sure just a good way to wrap my brain around what is actually mm. going on in that time, you know, like obviously 2000 years ago, but I think it's so easy. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. It's so easy for me to just skip to the joy of Easter. Um, yeah. mm, but it, those are yeah. just such good services to like pause and think about mm-hmm. like what Monday Thursday actually is and what was, what was happening at that time mm-hmm. as well as good Friday. And even thinking about Saturday as well, it's so easy just to skip over those, but they're so important um, to really think about, you know, you can't, I think Matt Stefan said it so well last time of, I'm going to butcher it, but something about like, you can't really understand the glory of Easter without like processing the like mm. darkness of mm. Monday, Thursday mm. and Good Friday. And it's just like, it is such a good reminder in that way for yeah. me, especially. Yeah. And I, I kind of felt that same way about the Good Friday service as well. It was a really good great service that ended with Keith Riley. He's a, a pastor at our Menlo Park campus. And he basically said, we are hurried people and we want to hurry toward the resurrection. Mm-hmm. We want to hurry towards the celebration. Mm-hmm. But he encouraged us to just sit at the end of that service in the room. <clears throat> and as the room got prog- progressively darker and darker, to just kind of be in that silence for about That's 15 great. minutes. And it was very sobering because mm-hmm. yes, I wanted to jump ahead to the Sunday yeah. Easter celebration, but without really sitting in that it kind of the importance of sunday was wouldn't be as impactful yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah if you missed out on those services they are available on youtube go and check those out 
And now we do get to skip <laughs> forward to the celebration that was Easter. Whoop, whoop. Hmm. Yeah. So, John, you preached. Would you give us a little bit of a summary of the message and and the theme? You know, we know it's about Jesus rising from the dead, but. <laughs> well, I think we tried to tie together uh, the traditional resurrection theme of Easter with how we got here. Hmm. And for us, the Lenten journey has been sitting with Jesus at the different meals mm-hmm. that he has had throughout his journey toward Jerusalem. And uh, that that was manifest the week before when Matt talked about the Last Supper. And then now uh, we, we focused on a post-resurrection meal that Jesus has with the people that he loved the most. Mm-hmm. And that was the feeding uh, out on the lakeshore uh, when uh, Simon doesn't realize it's Jesus. And that little, sen- that little setting where Jesus feeds his disciples uh, with fish is an echo of the very first time that Jesus meets the disciples. Mm. They had not been able to catch fish all night. Jesus said, throw the net on the other side. The same thing happens here, and that's when they realize it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that transformation, that, that transforming of their idea of who the person on the shore is changes the whole nature of the meal. So that was, that was a neat thing for me. And then as we got uh, into the service, it's, I'm sorry, into the sermon itself, the idea that uh, I used of last words are lasting words, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully would give people, even on Easter, the chance to personally apply how it relates to their lives. I love that theme of last words are lasting words. And we've, we've kind of recycled that phrase a few times during this um, Feasting Through the Gospel series that we did. And I think, yeah, that it definitely has that through line of the, just the importance of that callback to the first meal that they had together. Mm-hmm. And when they did put that connection in of, oh, this is Jesus calling to us from shore. Like it kind of made me think about the resurrection in a different way. I was in the in the mindset of, man, I would be so bummed if who I thought was God just died and now I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then just the feeling of, whoa, like what I thought my reality was is now completely different. Mm-hmm. And then for God not to hold that against me, but to invite me back to a meal. I was like, wow, that is especially important. So well, that was a beautiful illustration, John. Well, it, it struck what the neat thing about preaching that text that I can't remember having done that way before was that it became personal for me too. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's important that we have said that people who are in religious vocations often touch holy stuff so often that it burns their hands. They don't, they don't mm-hmm. get used to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like when I saw Jesus say to Peter over and over and over, do you love me? Mm. That that was just a clear call that the gospel at its root is Jesus being God, coming back even from the dead and standing in front of Jess and, and standing in front of Mark and standing in front of John and say, hey, I'm here. Do you love me? Mm-hmm. And that ought to be a question that's more than, oh yeah, intellectually, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you love me? And that was a, a neat Easter meal conversation for the Crosbys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's so cool that, you know, however long it is that you've been a pastor, you've probably preached, you know, 
I don't want to throw a number out and offend you. <laughs> At least five. At least five Easter sermons. More than and, five? Yeah. Yeah. More maybe. than 20? Yeah. Oh, okay. More okay. than 30? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you say Let's it. Let's stop there. Um, <laughs> but that you you still got something new and was able to preach something new mm-hmm. and unique, and yet it still fits with the resurrection. Right. And that's, yeah, that's, right. I think I talked about that last week too, of it's just you know, different times the Bible affects you differently and in different ways. And it's just, that's so cool to yeah. hear that after, you know, 20 times that you've preached on Easter. Yeah. Well, and, and actually it's, it's more than, it's more than 40. As you were saying that, Jess, what struck me was a great quote from C.S. Lewis, where Lewis said, I believe in Christianity the way I believe in the sun when it rises, not just because I see the sun, but because by the light of the sun, I see everything else around me differently. Mm. And I think that's the way it is with the resurrection. Because it keeps shining a light on everything around me, it feels different every time we go through it. Unless we're just sort of closing our eyes and (laughs) narrowly focusing on, and then I say this, and then I say that. Mm, That's such a good analogy. I love like sunsets. And so Mm -hmm. like, it's the same thing every day. The sun is setting, Hmm. but it looks different every day. And it can feel different where you are and... Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> well, John, we had this this theme that we were kind of shaping Easter around, a love that satisfies. And mm-hmm. I know that you played a, a crucial role in naming that. Um, is there any other takeaways that you want people now that we, uh, we've experienced Easter together to continue to think about this love that satisfies theme? Well, I, I think that what popped to my mind as you were asking that, Mark, is... Uh, that several of these sermons, just because they are with Jesus and his closest disciples, revolve around the relationship between Jesus and Peter. Mm-hmm. And when we think about how Jesus at the very end asked Peter, at the end, do you love me? Do you love me yet? Do you love me now? Do you love me still? It seems to me that that ought to give real freedom to those of us who have been believers or have been followers for a while, that there are going to be times where it's not like the lights go out, but it's not about how I feel. It's really more a matter of staying in the journey, staying on the road, staying with Jesus. There are times where those of us who are in long-term relationships do not feel the love, but we are choosing to love. And that sense of how love changes its flavor mm-hmm. is, I think, important to faith. And so that, that connection was something new that came to me over the course of this Lenten series. Wow. Yeah. So we said it's two days post-Easter. We're all exhausted still. <laughs> Any just like post-Easter thoughts as, you know, it's been two days since you preached and we had some awesome in-person and online services. Check out our online video if you haven't seen it yet. Go to our YouTube channel. Um, just anything that you've been like thinking about or processing in the last couple of days? Two, two things. Uh, one is a total rabbit trail, so I'll save it for a second. <laughs> but the, the, the first thing that I thought of is that when I did my devotions uh, yesterday morning, the uh, title in the liturgical year called yesterday Easter Monday. Hmm. And today is Easter Tuesday. It was just a great reminder to me that 
Easter is not supposed to be a day. It's supposed to be the start. It's the springboard of a new way of looking at life altogether. And so when we get to Easter Thursday, the day after tomorrow, we ought to be saying, yes, the, the resurrection is still outworking its way mm-hmm. into our lives. So I, I, that's a, that was a, a neat thought for me to keep it fresh. The other was something that uh, a friend of mine from Chicago sent me um, the evening before Easter, so it was just too late to cram it into the sermon, even <laughs> though I really tried. Uh, <laughs> but he sent me uh, a sermon by N.T. Wright, the, the former uh, bishop of uh, Durham in England. And N.T. Wright is a, a world-famous scholar, but he said his view of Jesus had been refreshed this year because he started to see Jesus as a performance artist. And I just thought oh, that was such a cool image, Jesus the performance artist. And I want to sit with that for a while. He said, think about it. Jesus turns water into wine. <laughs> Jesus is able to help a, a blind person see. Jesus lets a cripple walk. He performs. You get a fish. You get a fish. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's probably not nearly as solemn as we have made it. Hmm. And uh, the the idea of Jesus, the performance artist, is not to show that this is a trick, Mm -hmm. but rather to show that Jesus comes not just to talk about the inbursting of the kingdom, but to actually show what it looks like, show what it feels like. And... uh, do art, do life in that new way. And so I'm, again, still toying with what it means to have Jesus be a performance artist in my life. I'm going to be thinking about that too, especially if it came from N.T. Wright. Yeah. And if it reshaped his mind, I have no idea what it's going to do to my mind. (laughs) Exactly. That's the sound of Mark's mind blowing right now. Yes. Yes. Well, John, thanks so much for your time. Oh, this was great. It always is fun for me to sit with you guys and be going over the same old stuff because it brings us to some both fresh new places, but also mm-hmm. refreshed old places. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that people who listen to this might be needing some of each of that on a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. or, a, or a Thursday morning. I so agree. thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No problem, John. Thanks for your time. Well, we love hearing from John, but before you all take off, we want to make sure that you feel especially loved and welcomed here. We had so many new People. We had people that haven't been to church at one of our campuses since a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. We've had people online that were joining us for the first time. And we really just want to make sure that you feel personally invited to continue your journey in faith here with Jess and me and everyone else here at Menlo Church. Yeah, I, I heard a couple of stories about people who, you know, either hadn't come back since March of 2020, since awesome. we went in, uh, online. Um, and that's just so encouraging, you know, mm-hmm. to. To hear, like most of our campus numbers doubled, um, our online viewers on Sunday morning doubled. Great. So just super excited to keep that momentum going, hopefully. And we just want to encourage you, if it was your first time back, hopefully you'll feel you felt loved and welcomed and accepted and are excited to go back. Um, and if not, we'd love to know why you wouldn't want to go back because mm-hmm. it's so great. <laughs> um, just kidding. But uh like we said earlier, we've got the survey you can let us know and mm-hmm. like maybe some of the some of the things you're thinking about and processing. We also want to invite you to come back this Sunday if you're listening to this the week after Easter. So Sunday, April 24th is the actual last sermon week Sunday in our series yep. around the table. 
you might think it ends with Easter, but oh no, it does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have Student Sunday, which is super exciting. I used to work in student ministries. It's such a fun Sunday to kind of highlight some of the things that have been going on in student ministries mm-hmm. and hear from some students and their stories. We've got a really cool online service um, that we're excited to show you. And all the campuses have some really cool um, preaching from some of the directors. Some of the mm-hmm. campus pastors will be preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do like a little thank you to our seniors and sending them off into college. Yeah. So we want to invite you to that and make sure you check that out this Sunday. Yeah, it's just such an awesome glimpse into what a multi-generational church mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And that's something that we are striving to be, striving to be better at, striving yeah. to become. And so we'd love to invite you there. And if you ever need anything or want prayer or just want to chat, we have a number that you could text, 650-600-0402. That is impressive that you have it memorized. I had to pick out that number from <laughs> the did. sea of other numbers, and that was the easiest one to remember. <laughs> so great. text us, please. Yeah. Um, and again, we just want to really make sure that you feel loved and welcomed here. So anything that we can do, let us know. Email us, text us, and we will see you soon. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to our Round the Table series. We have an awesome devotional for you to help you draw near to Jesus through scripture, prayer, and conversation with others. And we want to encourage you to check that out. We have hard copies available on all of our campuses, or you can download the PDF at menlo.church Lent. There's also different activities you can do with your family, as well as recipes and other ways that you can connect with each other and God in this season. And Jess and I here at the Online Church would love to connect with you this week. If you need prayer or encouragement, just text us. Text our online team at 650-600-0402. Or if you can't get one of the physical copies of our booklets, if you're out of the area, we'd love to mail you one. So reach out if you'd like one. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. And this was Menlo Midweek.